Welcome to Culture Matters, a podcast exploring the intersection of faith and culture. What's up, y'all? I am your lone host today, Tamarcus, and today I am excited to be joined by uh, two very special guests, Matt and Lori Krieg. And I am excited to talk with them, uh, with y'all about their recently co-authored book, uh, Impossible Marriage. Laurie, Matt, welcome to Culture Matters. Thanks for having yeah, us, Marcus. You. Oh, it is it is our pleasure. Thank you for carving the time out of, I'm sure, your very busy schedules. Maybe to get started, just to let our people know a little bit more about you, uh, could y'all maybe start, Laura, if you want to kick us off? Just tell us a little bit more about your personal work, who you are, what you do, and then maybe after y'all both share, just tell us a little bit about your your own podcast that you have. Yeah. So I run a ministry called Impossible Ministries, and uh, that includes our podcast, which is called Hole in My Heart. Um, where we talk about how the gospel is good news for everybody every day. Uh, but the mission of Impossible Ministries is to equip the church with a gospel-centered approach to marriage and sexuality. In layman's terms, I'm trying to help the church talk about things related to sexuality and marriage, especially LGBT, from an orthodox view and not be a jerk about it. So it. I'm trying to engage <laughs> in that space, and I've been doing it since professionally uh, since 2015. Awesome. Yeah. And I am a licensed mental health therapist um, in the state of Michigan. And so I deal primarily with issues related to sexuality, marriage and relationships. Um, so a lot of a lot of my clientele would be people struggling with, you know, maybe pornography addiction or marital infidelity having happened. But but really want to bring that same same gospel message and same like approach of, you know, sex, sex and sexuality from a gospel centric lens, you know, as a part of uh, the therapy that I do. Love that. Love that. I think that's so compelling and interesting, especially for those of you who have not read the book yet. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you want to grab that, read that, maybe read it twice, whether you're married or not, honestly. Uh, but I just think there's such a beautiful uh, blend that's evident in the wisdom that not only would y'all spill out of y'all story come from a, you know, this is an expertise that you you both have. But it's also has a lot to do with your lived experience. And so you've got the, yeah, just the the experience on both sides coming together and informing uh, what you guys have wrote. And it's been, it's really wonderful. So maybe for for starters, right, I've learned a lot. There were many moments. I mean, there was, I could highlight pages on page uh, of times that I just was challenged and laughed out loud and cried. Uh, I'm kind of a, you know, old school. I like you know, paper and, or at least on a, a pad. I also just listened to y'all's. And so like, and learning that y'all narrated it was, was really sweet to be able to hear just even the emotion in y'all's, um, y'all's huh. delivery. But my first question is at what point in y'all's journey were y'all like, we should write a book about this. So this should, we should share this with the world. And what, what was that like? I don't think we ever thought that actually. Um <laughs> <laughs> So for those of you who read the book, you're going to hear uh, our 
narratives from my perspective and Matt's in some of the toughest years of marriage for us. Mm. I was wrestling with resurfaced trauma from childhood, which matched it, it magnetized to these attractions to the same sex that I was happily surrendering to Jesus. So I was married to a guy, we had our second kid and they magnetized and it produced this question of what do I want? And you really hear me wrestle with that with God. And um, it surfaces questions of what is marriage and what is the purpose of sex in marriage? That's a big one. And then you also hear Matt's perspective as he wrestles with um, pornography addiction. And you just hear how that wonderful challenge just created this impossible marriage situation. So we lived through it. And... InterVarsity had heard us speak at different places and they were like, hey, no one writes about marriage in this space where someone wrestles with attractions to the same sex. Do you want to write that marriage book? Mm. And I think other people in our field had said no, because it's hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yet the spirit was just like, he greenlit it from the beginning i was like okay god if this is your will then you do this and he just did so yeah that's how it definitely was not a waking up thinking about writing a book (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to write a different book and god wanted this one written Mm. What what was the other book you wanted i wanted to write one just on core needs and which you hear us talk about that god wanted that core needs peace to be filtered through real life marriage. Mm. I do think that that's, there's something beautiful about the perspective that, that y'all's relationship has, but something that I also saw to be really uh, compelling and intriguing in this, the way that y'all write the story is while this, I definitely feel like any, if I ever come across a couple who's has a similar lived experience, right? That they, you know, one is is same-sex attracted or struggles with it and is trying to figure out how to tread this path. It's like, oh, like this is like a required reading. Like you should just, you should have it. Mm -hmm. But y'all write it in such a way that it's not, not just people in that kind Mm -hmm. of a marriage could, could glean from, but it's really things that pull on the heartstrings and, and speaks to marriage and like I say I think followers of Jesus in general I remember re- there was a passage you were talking about uh your best friend and how like that some of those uh feelings like while that was being manifested in that way at that time that it was actually just another display of idolatry that had already yeah. been present in all these other ways and like even just like moments like that to be able to mm-hmm. trace back to like this is there are uniquenesses to the conversation, but there's also just this like common human experience of dying to our idols, submitting to the Lord, him being the chief love of our heart and not other people or other things. Like um, maybe just talk about like was how intentional even in writing was it like we want this to be a book that anybody could pick up and, and, and learn from. That was very intentional. So because we've been training in training the church in this LGBTQ sexuality space for years before we wrote the book, our singular focus has been the phrase, all fall short, all are loved. Hmm. Everyone falls short of the glory of God and everyone is loved. And for us 
to see the LGBT community as other, we will either come in as patronizing heroes to come rescue LGBTQ people who are actually fellow equally broken and loved image bearers, or we'll just dismiss them as gross and disgusting until they're good and cleaned up like us. Mm. So for us, even in sharing our marriage story, it was critical for me to have anyone see their themselves in this because that's how God sees all of us. And if you, to Marcus, can see yourself in my story, all of a sudden there's not that weird barrier that yep. I can I felt before you read our book. And maybe that isn't true, but you know what I mean? That yeah. that has been there has been a fissure in the church when it comes to LGBTQ and um, everybody else. We just got out of a conversation with someone. It's like there's a everybody gospel and then there's a gay gospel. Mm. And I that's one of our biggest things is can we have everyone not just verbally say the ground is level at the foot of the cross, but from their heart believe it. Because if we really believe that, we're going to have such a better and easier time uh, inviting anyone who wrestles with anything into the family of God. Yes. You touched, you touched on this idea that uh, that there isn't just a, a gospel for everyone else and a gospel for gays, right? I remember you wrestling with the question in the book of, am I am I exempt from, from the rules? There are these things that are being called and asked um, of believers, and it's like, well, does my— does my story become the exception? And I think right. in in a number of different ways, I hear, uh, I hear, you know, as a pastor, I hear that a lot. Where we, there is a uniqueness to our stories, and I would love for you to maybe chime in on this. Of because there's a way that you know somebody might try to speak into your story that diminishes, you know, some of the complexities or uniquenesses of it. And so it's like you want to um, engage and be sensitive in that regard. But then there are also ways where you can completely other it to where it's like I don't even I can't say anything about and it's I feel like like I say y'all do a good job of no like there are some there are some unique perspectives and and pieces of it but it also isn't so strange from the human experience that that you couldn't relate or, or or speak into it maybe just thinking for like you know leaders in in the church pastors or just somebody walking alongside um, other individuals or couples like how do you kind of dance that line of like recognizing the complexities of where people at but then also uh, like you said helping them see their their place and their belonging within the family of God um, as well it's a great question yeah I mean I, I think one of the one of the pieces is really looking for kind of those universal longings that that people are are running to various things in order to find whether it's a sexually related thing whether it's you know, drugs, alcohol, whether it's workaholism, like mm-hmm. we're, we're all constantly looking for something to kind of satiate the needs of our heart when our heart was created and all of our hearts were created to, to be satiated in God, you know, and then supported in, in relationships. Like God is the foundation that we stand on. God has to be that first love. Right. Um, you know, and so like, yeah, people could look at mine and Lori's relationship and they say, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as as even married to Lori, will never understand the attraction to the same sex. Yet I also do understand that 
need to be desired, that need to be affirmed and seen as valuable and worthy. That can drive us to attractions to the same sex or whatever idolatry. You can relate to the need. Exactly. Even if you can't relate to the object. Absolutely. I think that's that is something that becomes so essential, I think, too, where it's where the book becomes applicable, uh, I think, to to all married couples. One of my favorite things to do as a minister is being able to conduct weddings is just it's beautiful being able to be a part of that moment. Me and my wife, it's like one of our favorite pastimes. Um, But something that I, I, I often will say, you know, in in weddings to couples is I just talk to them about like what the kind of love that that God displays to us and the kind of love we're called to give one another. And it's it it is the kind of love that get pours and gives of itself even when the the object of the love isn't always lovely, right? It's it's me loving you as Christ has loved me even if I don't feel like it's being reciprocated or I don't feel like it's earned, whatever the case may be. And you said something similar in the book. You talked about after being in this this time of wrestling and it was like I you chose God, and in choosing God, I also chose the covenant that God had put me in. And <laughs> I that was another one of those moments where I'm just like, man, that is just that is just true of marriage. If like you mm-hmm. you are married, you have entered into covenant with somebody, and through the good, the bad, the ugly, the hard, the worse, it's like I I if I ultimately choose God, then part of part of me choosing him and submitting to what he's called me to is choosing the marriage that it put me in. If you could talk through like walking through that process and then maybe, <laughs> yeah, just, and then maybe just expound on the significance of that. Because I think some, right, typically, you know, and this is alluded to in the book, if people think of marriage as, you know, like it's just the commitment to the person is what will sustain. And and it can be completely, even within Christian marriages, and we could unknowingly kind of leave God out of the equation. And it's, rightly ordering those loves is 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 really key. Yeah. So the book starts off with my uh leaving for a silent retreat in the middle of winter. So think a foot of snow outside here in Michigan. And I I say I packed into my suitcase the question, what do you want? And like I said earlier, I was um a issue of sexual something abuse from a stranger is the best I can recall at this point when I was very young it was surfacing and it was magnetizing to these attractions to the same sex and it produced that question like what do you want and really why am I in this marriage like I don't even naturally like him (laughs) like which again any married person can say that if you've been married for more than two Mm -hmm. minutes Mm -hmm. we don't naturally like them because we're not that cute um, but I went on this retreat and I just went back and forth with the Lord. And I was like, God, it could be so much easier if I left. And I created this pro con list essentially of if I stay or if I go and unknowingly, Matt didn't know I was wrestling with this, but you hear this when he talks about his side is just the Lord just prompted him to pray for me. Hmm. And while I was wrestling with staying or leaving, one of our kids asked Matt, who's like three years old, she's like, when's mom coming home? And he said, I don't know. And he didn't even know what I was wrestling with, but he's like, we just need to pray. Um, 
So those prayers were dumping onto my head or however prayer works. And the Lord really, I was like, God, this feels natural to me would be to leave Matt. And this is this. If you are a Christian who's married or not, uh, married to someone of the opposite sex, and you wrestle with attractions to the same sex, you alluded to this already to Marcus, is that you have, you can get a get out of marriage free card real quick Hmm. is, oh, you're not even attracted because, because attraction in our modern perspective of marriage is the glue that holds marriage together. Mm -hmm. And that's worldly. But because it's seeped into the church, even in the church, I could get a get out of marriage free card because covenant schmovenant don't smoke me, Lord. But that's really how we view marriage is it's mm. not re- what's covenant even mean. It's really about what do you want? What We've listened want? to yeah. the narrative of the world. So I'm like, God, but this is what I naturally want. And he reminded me of these verses in Jude. Jude only has one chapter and it says, You, my dear friends, this is verse 17, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ told you, that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to enjoy themselves in every evil way imaginable. Now they are here, and they are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They live by natural instinct because they do not have God's spirit in them. Mm. So something about those two phrases, the natural instinct and do not have God's spirit. And so here I am telling God, this feels natural to me. Mm. And because of the fall, it is fall natural to me. Mm. It is my natural inclination. Was I born this way? Maybe because of the fall. Who cares? It doesn't mean I have to follow it. Mm. So I'm saying, God, this feels natural to me. And he's saying, he's saying back to me as I'm remembering these verses and I'm reading them is, okay, but there's something to following our natural desires that's related to not having the spirit in you. Hmm. And now this is very anecdotal. And so take this or leave it. But everything for me in that moment was on the table. And I was like, well, what does your spirit even give me? Like, maybe I want to follow what's natural to me. And I don't know why God did this or what, but what I experienced in the next two seconds after I said, God, what's your spirit even give me? I kid you not. I felt so cold and so afraid and so empty for those two seconds. Not like, oh, I'm empty. I need a sandwich. But like, I was emptiness. And then after those two seconds were over, I just was like breathing fast. And I was like, what the heck was that? And again, take this before the Lord. But my Mm -hmm. interpretation of it was God was allowing me to experience for two brief seconds what a life, an eternity void of God's spirit Mm -hmm. feels like. It is cold and lonely and the epitome of emptiness. And I was like, oh my goodness, I may want what's natural to me, Mm. but do you know what I actually need and am craving is God's spirit who is comfort and life and fullness, the fullness of God Mm. (laughs) that we find in Jesus. And so honestly, even in this very moment, I wasn't this wasn't very holy of me because I, I I said in that moment, okay, God, I want you. 
But even in my saying that is I actually wanted the comforts of God. I was scared. That was like Mm -hmm. the fear of God, triple underlined. So it turned to more love. But to be honest with you, God can use that like wake up to get us to Mm -hmm. just, okay, I, I really want your gifts, but I'm choosing you. And then I knew because God had put us together, there was no infidelity. There was no biblical basis for me to leave Matt other than my own selfish inclinations. Um, I was like, okay, God, I don't know how you're ever going to change our marriage. I don't know if we'll ever be physically intimate again, because that was off the table in that time, because it was just such a fissure between us. Mm-hmm. But I said, if I want you. Therefore, I want what you have for me, which is this impossible marriage. Mm-hmm. And our rest of the book talks about our working on the marriage part. Man. Yeah. I, you, you said something that's given language to something I felt in going through it, but it's like the, the picture of, of covenant. And um, it's, it's, it's like, like I said, it's, it's like, I want to hand it to, you know, my, the, my couples in premarital of like, this is, we talk about, um, you know, marriage is like, it's so sanctifying and like, God uses it to conform you into his image. And there's a, and it's beautiful, no doubt. And it, you know, but it's like, but it's like the stuff of marriage, right? Like it, it looks like those tough conversations. It's the, oh, like, it's not, the the process might be beautiful or the outcome might be beautiful, but it often includes these deep moments of difficulty. Like I'm coming to grips with the, the, deep parts of my sin nature like man do I even really want God right and I just I feel like the y'all's vulnerability and honesty help people see like but mm-hmm. this is this is what it looks like to to wrestle with those things to acknowledge those mm-hmm. things to confess those things and then to cling uh to Jesus in the midst of it all and uh similarly so uh Matt you you talk a lot about your wrestle and in, in overcoming pornography addiction and something that I I really empathize with in the book as well because that that's a part of my story but it's like even you know the way I tell people is like even when you like win victory over like clicking the mouse there's still this mental rewiring of you know how that 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 engagement has um, discipled you um and so mm-hmm. man I just love to hear even you just expound a little bit of like having wrestled through that and then entering this season where y'all were during the book what was it like um I guess still having those ideas creep up or seeing how some of those things still had a tie and how did God use this space to win you even more victory over that? Yeah. I, I mean, Hey, let's say it was very uncomfortable and it was, sure. it was very annoying. Um, but that's usually the space that, that God kind of lets us feel when he, he wants to get our attention. Um, the season was uncomfortable and annoying. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It was it was not a pleasant experience. To go through that. I've heard you use the um, word annoying for that season. Well, I'm 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 a person with fallen emotions as well. And so like, yeah, my, my initial response to like when you say like, yeah, sex was off the table. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, this it wasn't this would be natural. so sanctifying. Yeah. yeah, I love being sanctified. It's, no, it was not natural to me to be like, this is a way that I get to care for my spouse. I'm like this sucks. Yeah. This is not what I signed up for. This is not what I was hoping for marriage to look like. Yet yeah. In that like annoyance, in that frustration, <laughs> being able to say, okay, God, 
this is annoying. This is frustrating. This is lonely. This is all sorts of emotions that I don't want to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and starting out this this season in a, a January, um, where I was making it a point to pray for our relationship and um, specifically started out praying for Lori to overcome this like block in her. <laughs> Yet, as happens when you start praying, a lot of times God mm-hmm. will bring up your own stuff. And so those prayers turned into, okay, God, yes, Lori is approaching intimacy and sexuality with this fear that I don't believe is of the Lord, but I am also approaching it with this idolatry, which is also not of the Lord. Right. And so what I learned about myself in that time was even though I wasn't consuming pornography anymore, I was still approaching intimacy and and sexuality as a consumer Mm -hmm. um and that was the 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 biggest change in my heart was really trying to reframe and look at okay what is what is the heart of god Mm -hmm. toward us he is not i mean yes god is an all-consuming fire but he doesn't consume us he he provides for us and so that that shift for me was okay god how how can i use this space how can i use our our physical relationship, not as a thing that I approach because I want something, but because I want to provide something for Lori. I want to show her the mm. heart of God for her. Mm. And that was that was something that I would say started, you know, at that time back when we were in the midst of this season. But that's something I can't let go of. That's not an I have arrived. My natural default is to think of myself. And to mm. understand my own feelings and my own wants. But I don't get to just focus on that. As a part of this covenant, I have to think, what does Lori need? What does she want? What is going to raise her up and, and show her the love of Christ, not just what would make me happy? Mm. You know, and that's something that I just I, I don't ever get to set aside. Yeah. That is my role, that is my job as as her partner in this covenant and not just as an exchange of goods, but solely yep. out of obedience to God and out of love for her. Yeah. And I would say primarily out of obedience to God, because yeah. sometimes it's not like, as you said, like there's going to be those moments when the love for her does not sustain that activity. Mm. Like there are times when those frustrations and annoyances and stuff <laughs> just keep coming back into the relationship. And okay, God, I'm doing this not because she's good enough for it, but because you're calling me. Mm. She's not earning it, but you're calling me to give that. This is reminding me of a part in the book where I I shed a few strong tears. Speaking of just the meeting each other's needs, and to me where it started to come to a head in the story, y'all are like having this conversation with the uh, younger yous. And man, Every every time those those popped up in the book, I was like, "Ooh!" Um, (laughs) But there's again just this beautiful principle because I think even you know you take the pornography uh, addiction, you take the trauma, right? So then in the present, there's so many ways in a marriage that you're you're engaging, and um, if we're not like in tune and paying attention, we don't realize when the things that we do maybe hurt or or wound or open up cavities or like reaching back to the the younger 
younger us or this this previous moment in time where it's like you know spouse might not even be aware i might not even be aware but it's like oh this is this is actually touching something that has been long long time um under wraps uh could y'all maybe share what was what was it like kind of being invited to re-engage those stories and how maybe how important you still found it you know as y'all continue today to be able to converse and like for those those parts of your story to be a part of um present conversations and how you engage with one another and as you said care for one another so what if you haven't read the book what Marcus is talking about is our marriage intensive counselor had us get in touch with our younger selves and then talk to each other as like little kid friends. And like, I just could feel the emotion as you were bringing oh. it up. And I was remembering because all of a sudden what, even just the act of being like, okay, I'm, I see myself as eight year old self. Oh, I'm gonna cry. And you see yourself as like your eight-year-old little boy, all those like fights that you're having in your 30-somethings or 20-somethings or 40, 50. It's like, oh, that little person inside really did exist and is still that scared little boy who just wants someone to find him after he ran away from the dinner table, sitting on the staircase, which that was real little Matt waiting for someone to come find him, to seek him out. And then all of a sudden, my um, adult self, I'm drawn to that person when I enter into my little girl self. Mm. And I, I want to go seek out. I have empathy for Matt where there was previously fighting. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, wait, you're we may be talking, we're no longer talking about sex or kids or whatever your usual fights are. All of a sudden, Matt's entering into those, what we call core needs spaces as his little boy self, where our needs are when we're little kids, they're so, they're right there. Mm-hmm. I want to hug. I want, we, we don't have all these layers of pain and adultness built up. Mm-hmm. It's, I want to be found. And So when Matt went to that space and we entered that counseling session, I was hopped up angry and like committed to not saying anything vulnerable Mm. at all. And yet, as Matt is describing himself on the staircase, wishing someone in his family found him, my heart was automatically drawn to him. Mm. (sighs) So even now, we haven't brought it up in a bit here, but I'm sure even today, because we're talking about it right now with you, like I already feel my heart even more tender and we weren't even in a fight or anything before this mm. podcast. So praise Lord, just because I'm like, oh, that is true. Little Matt inside is, mm. do you see me? Will you seek me out? And um, that draws me closer to him. Mm. Do you mind sharing you because you you brought it up several times and I I do think what was what was so beautiful about that it it, it does have this way of stripping away right you know it's like you come home from work and yes. you're stressed out and the, the kids and the clothes yeah. and you're like I thought you were yeah. gonna put the well now you, yeah and it's like oh and you know what I'm really feeling right now is unappreciated at work <laughs> and then I came home and I'm feeling unappreciated and I just want somebody to say they're proud of me and it's like <laughs> but you yeah. don't but like 
you know, 30 year old, you're like, I'm I'm not blah, blah, blah. but all of a sudden you enter into this space that like gives you this the ability to be vulnerable and it's like, hey, this is this is where we're at right now. Like, can we just That's do right. can we just do this? I don't really care about the dishes. And yeah, it's so it's disarming. Um disarming. in a lot of ways. Uh but you you brought up those those core values um and just how mm-hmm. that that continue to be think. Do you mind sharing? Just what yeah. what those are briefly. Go yeah, for it, yeah. So core needs, um, and we we have a list of ten of them. Um, but we we can see these needs like as a part of created order. Um, we see them in the garden pre-fall for things like safety. He didn't, God didn't plop us into a desert, you mm-hmm. know, with with no rules and just say, hey, fend for yourselves. No, he put us in a garden and said, hey, anything here you can have other than that one tree. Don't don't touch the one tree. He put he put boundaries. Mm-hmm. He nurtured us in that garden. He he the the only time, well, as God is going through creation, he's affirming creation, saying it is good, it is good, it is good. Why? I don't know, but it could be because he created that need to be affirmed in us. The only time God says something was not good pre-fall was it is not good for man to be alone. So he created us with this need for inclusion, belonging, family. Mm. Um, yet we are unique among creation. We are set apart. We have been given the Spirit of God, and so we have we have all these needs. Um, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but like, sure. these are not deficiencies in our character mm. to have these needs. These are yes. created order. These needs are supposed to drive us into relationship, to draw us closer to Lord as a provider of those needs. Yet in our sin. In our in our pride, in our self sufficiency, we we seek to to meet these needs under our own strength and under our own power, um, you know. And so we have all these strategies that we can go through to to try and self soothe, mm-hmm. um, you know. But but ultimately, God is the only one who can meet these needs because that is what we were created for, and He is the only source yes. uh, that is infinite. Everything else is finite, and we have this black hole at the center of our hearts that that will not stop craving. You know, mm-hmm. so we have to go to God in order that. to meet those. Yep, I love it. I love it. And if you're listening and you're wanting the rest of the core needs, you can buy the book. They're all there. But it it really is. It's beautiful. And it, what I think it helps do to your point is place place those things that we need that can oftentimes feel. Maybe you can feel like, man, am I being selfish? Or maybe it can even be twisted to feel that way. And maybe we're going about it in all the wrong ways. But it's like, but these are these are things, these these feelings or these needs are are things that need to be met in us and ultimately are to be filled, uh, fulfilled by God. Mm-hmm. Along those lines, right, when we, I guess when we feel absent of those things, um, especially in marriage, it can be hard to still extend those uh, to our spouse, right? And and help meet those needs. And I felt yeah. something that was often true as I read through there is there were there were so many opportunities. And I feel like if you if you were, you know, on one side of the spectrum or the other, you could hear what one of you were going through or whatever. And it's like, oh, it would I could 100 percent understand not wanting to be tender or loving back in this way. Cause it's like, cause you're, you know, you're here, 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 all these different things, right? You can kind of give all of your evidence of why you're exempt from the one another's today. Um, yeah. And so in so many ways, y'all continue to 
value the other like e- like even in the very midst of a moment where it's like man I feel I've, I'm feeling this like in a coordinator I'm feeling a struggle mm-hmm. feeling safe or being involved and it's like and in this moment by the power of the spirit like being able to muster up but yet I can still see you um and and I can still pour out and give to you in this space can you can you talk a little bit about like what that's like when you are you feel wrong or you feel hurt or you feel maybe beside yourself and in that place still being able to extend love and grace and mercy to your spouse like in 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 doing that how how does that start to break down some of the walls um in marriage or maybe even help you move out of the space um that you were you were in I can start and then the marriage therapist sitting next to me can probably add a lot more. For sure. Uh, I increasingly think so many of my own problems could be solved by slowing down and being quieter. Mm. Quick to listen, slow to speak, but really the slowing down. I, as much as I am an introvert, and an internal processor, I can be a hot, hot-headed apostle Peter, you know, I can be hot-headed Peter just like anyone else and and just spit out whatever I'm thinking. And so I think something I've really learned, because Matt is even more patient than I am, is to assume the best and to put myself in his shoes, like Lori sure he left xyz out but even before jumping on this podcast i like looked around our bathroom i'm like look at all these 10 things i leave out that matt never says anything about so Hmm. to be put myself in his shoes and to think when did i when have i done that and if i feel myself at a 10 out of 10 wanting to spit something out at him uh in anger, in the midst of a moment of fighting, I know I just need to take a minute and I need to pour that anger out to God through, I mean, David models it like in a lament through my journal, or I need to call a trusted friend who will not jump onto man hater Island with me. I need someone who's going to tell me I'm being an idiot. Mm. Uh, Both affirm me, and also affirm me enough to tell me when I'm being a total jerk. Mm. Uh, and then to come back and talk to him. But my biggest thing is just be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Mm. I need it tattooed everywhere. What would you add? Uh, I mean, I think slowing down is is great. And and there's, there's a fine line, right? Like I, I want to kind of cross the aisle to, to be able to recognize Lori's needs. Now, part of my issue is that I can neglect my own. Um, and, and so this isn't like, we are called to self-denial, um, but that's different than self-dismissal, like pretending I don't have needs that's in deep. order to accommodate or meet the needs of other people. Um, and so part of it for me is, is recognizing and actually taking care of my needs. Cause if I don't do that, I, I also, a I don't have any, I'm running on fumes, so I don't have anything to give to anyone else. And B I'm also constantly looking to other people and saying, well, why aren't you meeting my needs? I'm meeting yours. And it becomes this kind of transactional mm. thing. And so there's this balance, this recognition of my needs are important 
and they do need tending to. I can I can set them aside for a moment, but I can't live my life as if they're not as there. They're not there. And and so like I will give you literally the today example. Oh no, my life. Like, <laughs> well, it's it's like the this week example. Um, so as a counselor, a lot of my day is spent tending to the needs of of other people and hearing their stories and working through that. And now this week has been weird. Um, I had seventeen. Uh, sessions, hour long mm-hmm. sessions, you know, Monday, Tuesday. So last two days. In two days. I was about to say it's Wednesday. So that's <laughs> yeah. It's Wednesday morning. Well, and so like I get home last night and looking at the calendar, I'm like, oh shoot, we have this meeting tomorrow morning. And then Lori's like, oh yeah, and we have the podcast afterward. <laughs> and I'm like, oh goodness. <laughs> I'm like at the end of myself. And so I'm like longing for someone to nurture me. And I'm mm. I, and in myself, I can I can feel like frustration and anger and like almost going to God, shaking my fist, like when am I gonna get a break? Mm. Type of mentality. And when I feel that, typically one of the things that I'll do is is I'll start listening to music. Um and my moods, you can probably tell what mood I'm in based on the music I'm listening to. Um <laughs> <laughs> Lori knows that. Facts. <laughs> and so, like, but for the last couple of days, yesterday when I took the dog for a walk, and this morning when I took the dog for a walk, I was listening to like Christian music, in particular, particular a song uh by an artist named Judah called Irresponsible about God's irresponsible love for us. Mm. How he never leaves us behind how he he chases us basically to the end of the earth. Mm. And I need to root myself in that today mm. because otherwise I come into this meeting, I come into this podcast with my own bitterness and tiredness mm. when, you know what? I go to the meeting this morning. It was great. It was, it was uplifting. And mm. here sitting with you talking and sharing and something that I would probably rather just be like, oh, I just need a break. I want to want to go outside but talking with you, it's uplifting. Yeah. It's it's encouraging. It's actually energizing. And I mm. have to remember that when I look to God and when I look to the story he's given us, the life that he's having us lead, it's he is not a tyrant. He mm. is not a slave driver. You know, and, and some of the things that he calls us to, yeah, there are going to be moments of difficulty, but mm. they're also in the midst of that call are going to be moments of like just genuine good connection with people. And that can be uplifting and encouraging and re-energizing. Not everything that he calls us to is going to be this draining, you know, leaving us feeling empty, mm. you know? And so that's that's kind of what I brought into here today is just this very innate tiredness in myself. But but even as we're going, feeling energized, feeling like, Spirit oh, meeting you. Here's, here's a co-worker, a co-laborer. Mm. I am not alone in, in this life that God has called me to. And there's there's a lot of blessing and just community and good with that. Mm. That's so good. And thank you. Thank you for sharing that as well. That's uh, That's such a good reminder. It's in y'all's book. I mean, it's here in the conversation. I hope you're hearing it, uh, those listening of just, I mean, at the end of the day, it is constantly fixing our gaze back on Christ, right? It is It is constantly right. uh, developing a practice, whether that's through journaling, whether it's through music, walking, uh, whatever the thing that helps us lift our eyes out of what's happening in the immediate and in this world and taking that pause to look mm-hmm. up. Um, and and to learn from him, like that there, 
so much good could be done. And just if we could just incorporate that single kind of practice throughout our days. Um, well, guys, I want to I want to ask one one more question, maybe before we close. Uh, y'all's book has been out now for what three years? Over three years? About three years? Yeah, it'll um, be almost. Yep. And I'm just curious, maybe uh, what has been a maybe y'all could both share one, or maybe y'all both have the same one, but just of uh, the reception of y'all's book, maybe a, a testimony or of a story of how that has blessed somebody. And then maybe just as y'all have continued to share your story, you know, you said at the beginning, it's like, I wasn't setting out to write this book mm-hmm. in particular, but it's like, now that you have, mm-hmm. like, yeah, what, what has that been like? And how has it, how has it uh, blessed y'all in just seeing mm-hmm. how the Lord has used it since then? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it is and always will be a blessing for people who are in our exact same marriage mm-hmm. in our like there's finally a book for us. Hmm. Um, So I'm so thankful for that. But again, because I'm so passionate about the church being a hospital for every type of sinner, including me, I love it when we can talk to people like yourself, to Marcus, who is like, you're like, I see myself in this story. Uh, So people who can maybe relate, because we talk a lot about trauma, like how trauma affects the marriage. I need more books about that. Yeah, I'm really like that. I'm so thankful when there's other people can relate there or people who are like, you know, we we don't have your level of issues, but and yet the answer is still the same. Yeah. Or people who've had it more intense and the the gospel is still the same. So for me, it's other people who are so leveled by really the cross as by the grace of God is exemplified in our story. Thank you, Jesus. Like those pages we wrote are real life. Like it almost didn't happen where we're at today. So I'm really thankful for people who are leveled by uh, the cross and we can just look over at each other and be like, yep, I see you. That's good. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it, it has been a blessing and in some ways, like, I don't know, it's like this, it's it's like this Karen, this, this way marker, hmm. you know, in our story that every time I look back at it, which, which, I mean, I don't like go and read our book once a year or anything like that. Um, but every time we talk about it, it is this reminder of so good where God has been in, mm-hmm. in our life and in our relationship. And in those moments where it's like, I feel my head having kind of gone back down to like the ground, it's like, it is that, that thing that can help to like lift up my own life and remember like, okay, what has God done? And not just what has he done, but what is he doing and what will he do? Mm-hmm. You know? And so it is that like lifting back up toward, toward him when mm-hmm. life would just love to, to snuff out any, any connection with, with the father. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. I mean, yeah, just thinking of of all that we've got to cover over the course of this time um, and just the uniqueness of your stories and, you know, whether it's struggling with same-sex attraction or wrestling with pornography addiction or wrestling through trauma or uh, just marital strife, right? We all have these different, these different uh, 
facets that we bring into our marriage. And even as you, you were just sharing uh, how you guys uh, just have been blessed in the reception of the book, I was thinking about um, in Matthew 9, when it uh, one of my favorite, just pictures of Jesus looking over the city and um, seeing the people that they were harassed and distressed like sheep without a shepherd. And he had compassion uh, on them. And what did that harassment and distress look like for each person in that city? It was different. There was, Mm -hmm. everybody's story was unique. Everybody was uh, walking through different things uh, to different degrees. And it's like the answer to all of their distress, the answer to all of their harassment, the answer to um, all of the ways in which they've perpetrated harassment and distress on others is Jesus. Um, And he is, he is our good shepherd who has, compassion and can will meet us and desires to meet us uh, regardless of you know where we find ourselves if we're willing to stop and look up at him and hand it over and as both of you continue to do throughout your story say like I choose you I'm committed to you I trust you this sucks I don't want this but <laughs> if this is where you have me like I will I will receive it because I trust you with my life more than I trust me with my life. And that, like I said, that is just, man, that is the mantra of the, the, the Christian life, right? Do you, do you trust Jesus with your life more than you trust yourself with your life? And if we, if we all would just surrender that to him, um, married, single, you know, whatever, um, that there is a, uh, there is, there is a blessedness in, in walking, um, with him and abiding with him um, in obedience. And so now I just, I thank you guys for, uh, again, y'all's vulnerability and for sharing um, of y'all's story. And like I say, uh, you guys, if you, if you are looking to be married, if you currently are married, if you're in a heterosexual marriage, if one of you struggles with same-sex attraction, I don't, I don't really care where you are in your relationship or walking. If you are um, looking to be married or are married, this is a book that absolutely just will bless you and will help uh, give you tools mm-hmm. and language uh, to be able to navigate the inevitable difficulties that all marriages um, uh, will bring. And so, uh, Laurie and Matt, thank you guys so much. Uh, maybe before we close, could you again just share the name of your podcast and you know yeah. maybe the latest episode or a fun episode y'all got coming up to point people towards? Yeah. Um, we just started our season seven. So it's whole in my heart podcast. What do we just record? Like episode 204. We just uh, did an episode with someone in the UK, Andrew Bunt on identity and mm. our whole last season series was on identity. Uh, we're interviewing Christine Kane again in a couple of weeks. And I'm really excited for that conversation She's been a good friend to us. Uh, well, to me, while well, I'm at Wheaton, she created this <laughs> program that I'm attending. Um, but I don't know. I, I think probably if people wanted to start to really understand our stories, you could look in the early 190s to hear our stories. And then some of the Q&A episodes, which are episode like 201 and 202, if you really have questions related to LGBTQ stuff, we're really trying to take your questions and flesh them out. So those could be some good starts. I love it. Please give them a follow. We'll also have that information in the show notes so people will be able Great. to access that. But again, thank you guys so much uh, for being here. It really was, was a wonderful time. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, thank you for having us. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Thank you for listening to Culture Matters. This episode is produced by Chelsea Conway with editing and support from the Good Podcast Company. If you're a regular follower of the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can message us on social and check the show notes for more information on how to best connect with our guests and with us and more ways that you can support our guests' work. See you guys next time.